How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insider's Yankees podcast for Monday, April 19th. I'm Sweeney Murdy. We sit here a couple of weeks into the baseball season, and the Yankees are 5-10. and 10. I think even the uh, Yankee fan who feared that they wouldn't get off to a good start never thought it would be quite this bad. The Yankees have lost five in a row, so all that damage really in these last five games from a 500 record to now five under and three more losses swept by the Rays. Well, that's just adding a lot of salt to the wound right now because the Rays are the team that obviously the Yankees have had the most trouble with the last couple of years and uh, getting off to a good start was going to help the Yankees put their best foot forward uh, heading into a season that they have once again championship aspirations. And this is a team that for the most part is healthy, and that's probably the frustrating thing because the last couple of years when you think about the Yankee teams and what they've struggled with, it's been injuries. It's been trying to keep their star players healthy. Okay, they've had a couple of injuries to deal with. Luke Voigt went down late in the spring. Uh, still plenty of other big bats to uh, to help the offense go. Zach Britton was a bit of a loss for the bullpen, a significant loss for the bullpen, actually, but other guys have really stepped up, and the bullpen has actually been one of the bright spots for the most part. Uh, he, the biggest problem with the offense, and you know that the guys aren't scoring, right? Seven runs in the three games against Tampa Bay. Uh, you're waiting for some guys to really get going. DJ LeMahieu has had a couple of big hits, but hasn't really taken off. Aaron Judge has hit some home runs, but struggled this past weekend. He went one for 12 and struck out seven times against the Rays. Giancarlo Stanton has three homers. He leads the team and runs batted in, but he's still struggling to put his bat on the ball most of the time. Glaber Torres hasn't done much. Gio Rochella, Clint Frazier, uh, go on and on. These guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and it's still early for a season when you're thinking about hitters measuring themselves in hundreds of at-bats, and you're talking about two weeks at the beginning of a season. So from that standpoint, you understand the viewpoint of a long season. Okay, plenty of time to make up for this. But the problem overall is that the offense is what was supposed to make up for the other deficiencies in the team and give you time to fix those holes. Pretty sure everybody in the Yankee world knew that they were tying their hopes to, you know, a couple of pitchers who just hadn't done very much the last couple of years, coming off of injuries like Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone and uh, a little bit of suspect uh, prospects in this rotation. So you needed time to figure that out. I think when you put Kluber and Tyone in that rotation, you knew that you were going to have to see what they were about 
And if they weren't going to be the answers for you, then you were going to have to go figure that out. And that's usually what happens middle of the summer, right? You know, July 31st is a trading deadline, but you get really you get into midsummer and you start thinking about, okay, you get into June, you say, okay, is this rotation really going to last? Is it going to hold up? Is this what's going to uh, get us into October? And when the answer is no, you start poking around and trying to make additions. And it usually takes into July because the teams you're trying to get those pitchers from aren't giving up on April 19th. So you're, uh, you're need, you need to buy time. And that's what the offense was supposed to do. It was supposed to buy time for the Yankees to fix any holes in their pitching that they needed to address. That hasn't happened over the first couple of weeks. It might still... But right now it hasn't, and that's the major cause of concern when you're throwing away opportunities like this. And when you're trying to measure your pitching staff and see what they're about, the hitters are supposed to take you out of that. Same goes for the defense because that is a concern. But once again, you know, I, I don't know that the Yankees are going to fix their defensive problems. Uh, they're, they're kind of tied into a lot of these guys. And I think if you gave more time again, a couple of months into the season to figure out what options might be, then you could probably go ahead and uh, and fix something. And I remember, I forget who wrote this. I wish I could give the person credit, but somebody was talking about the 2004 Red Sox and how Theo Epstein decided, uh, it might have been Joel Sherman actually in the post, Theo Epstein decided that they were not going to win with that group and that defense especially, so he made trades at the end of, uh, at the trade deadline in 2004 to bring in Orlando Cabrera and Doug Mankiewicz and shore up the defense. You know, Nomar Garcia Parra, gone. I'm moving big pieces. Risky move. You know, okay, that's a risk that a team like the Red Sox was willing to take because they were knocking on the door for a couple of years, had not broken the curse, still chasing the Yankees. They remember they were in second place, far behind the Yankees in the division race at that time. So still trying to just get into the playoffs and figure out how they were going to be best. Um, and that was a, that was a move that they made. Those were moves that they made at the end of July to improve defense because they knew it was deficient. The Yankees' defense is deficient right now. I don't know if they're going to be able to fix it, but I think that these are questions they needed to wait to answer and not necessarily answer in April. And I don't think they can answer in April. They're a bad defensive team. Uh, I think the outfield play is a little... A uh, little unusual. You know, Aaron Hicks is not that bad of a defender as we saw on Sunday, um, but it's just indicative of how lost he appears right now uh, when you consider what he's doing at the plate and then booting balls in the field. It's not a you know good time to be going through all of that. If anyone's going to lose playing time and move some bats around, Hicks is probably the guy that could probably find himself uh, sitting a little bit more in favor in favor of Brett Gardner uh, and. You know, you'd say Clint Frazier uh, is uh, is a guy who deserves all the at bats too. And right now, he's getting some at bats, and he's I know he's sat a couple of days, and that's frustrating. But he's not doing anything right now to to keep justifying that too. Now you can't sit everybody, right? Uh, but if I was you know trying to figure out how to make a little bit of a move right now, I might put Gardner in center field and, uh, and give Hicks uh, some time. Uh, a couple of days and maybe make the make him the defensive replacement late 
uh, and you can shift over if you have a lead. Getting the lead has been the big problem. Um, it wouldn't be a permanent solution. I still think the Yankees believe in Aaron Hicks, and you know, at some point he's got to deliver on this, or else it's it's wasted promise, right? Uh, it's they've waited a long time. He's come through Tommy John surgery and been recovered from that. Now is the time. This is the year when he has to fulfill all of you know everything they've put into him has to be fulfilled this year. This is, He's not getting younger. He's a year removed from the surgery again, and this should be the year when he can put it all together, and he's off to a miserable start. So once again, I'm talking about things that the Yankees should have had time to address if their offense was covering up for them, and it's not. So now you start asking fans who want things to be done and the question is, okay, you can't fire the players. Who can you fire? Can you fire the hitting coaches? Can you fire the manager? Can you fire the general manager? These are all guys who are, are under the gun because of the Yankees' poor start. And in addition to the Yankees coming up short in their quest for world championships the last couple of years. Now, all right, let's take these a couple at a time. Hitting coaches are Marcus Timms and P.J. Pelletier. And these are the same hitting coaches who, when the Yankees have had big, powerful offenses the last few years, have been the guys pushing the buttons. Uh, it's not the same, and I've used this analogy before, as an offensive coordinator in football who calls plays, who calls bad plays. Um, hitting coaches are, are different, and there's a lot of different things that go into it. Part of it's psychology. Part of it's building routine. Um, part of it's going through scouting reports of the other teams and making sure the hitters are prepared for what they're doing. All of that doesn't seem to change from all accounts. Uh, those guys are just as prepared as they always were. It's you know trying to put the hitters in the best places to succeed, and then it's up to the hitters and the pitchers that are facing them. And right now, it's adding up to a whole lot of nothing in the first couple of weeks of the season. There's nothing to indicate that there is any faith lost or distrust placed in these hitting coaches. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. If hit, here's something that is absolutely true. Hitters know that they get paid to hit, right? They will make money if they hit. If they think a coach is holding back their opportunity to make money, they will make that known. And if there are star players who are making that known, the coach won't be around very long. Uh, that's how hitting coaches get fired quickly, when star players turn on them. There is, uh, there's no indication that that's happening right now. Um, there is, this is still a group, you know, the Yankees group has been together a long time, and these guys have had these coaches for a long time. Even some of the guys that have come up through the system, like Judge or Sanchez, you got to remember, they've had Marcus Timms and P.J. Pelletier as hitting coaches, even going back to the minors, um, so, and Clint Frazier uh, as well. So to have uh, these guys in the crosshairs, Fair question, because the offense isn't performing. You want to look at what's what's possible. But there doesn't seem to be any indication that I'm picking up that there's any faith lost in these guys, that there's any, uh, you know, that there's mistrust here, that, the, you know, these guys seem to have the ear of the players. The players just aren't holding up their end. So you go to the manager, right? Aaron Boone's in the last year of his contract. He uh, has not brought home a World Series title yet, and he's off to a 5-10 start. Okay, still too early to be asking this question. How, when would it be fair to make a, a decision like that? I've been thinking about that really since last night, trying to come up with a, what's, the, what's the right number? Is there a number that makes sense? 
And the number that I kind of came up to in my mind is 50 games. 50 games in, if you're staring at 20 and 30, 10 games under 500, you know, maybe not even that bad. Let's say 20, 25 and 35. That's, that's 60 games, isn't it? <laughs> let's, uh, let's do that math again. How about uh, 22 and 28? 50 games, okay? Uh, underachieving. You have a manager in the last year of his contract. Then you start to wonder, okay, what could I do if I was going to make this change? Who would I bring in? Because that's the other part of this equation, okay? Everybody wants to just fire people. Okay, the question then becomes, who do you bring in? Um, I think the key thing here is that you know that Brian Cashman is a very big fan of Aaron Boone and wants him here as the manager for a very long time. In the offseason, he was he talked about how Joe Girardi was here for 10 years. He hopes that Aaron Boone is here for 10 years. This is Aaron Boone's fourth year. Okay, so um, you're still a long ways away from saying the idea of Brian Cashman making this move and saying manager's got to go. I would you're 15 games in. I would say. When you start getting into the 40 and 50 game range and things haven't changed, now you're, you're into May, you're hurtling towards Memorial Day, a traditional marker for where a team is, and you start to wonder if the team is responding and things like that. Then it's a fair question. I'm not saying it's the right move to make because I don't know who the next manager would be. And remember, you, know, you still have a general manager who's, who's making that choice and um, want to do something that is best for the, you know, the quote-unquote collaborative process, you know. So you're not bringing in some guy who's going to be a renegade here and just say, okay, everybody got in my way. I'm going to run this ship my way and, and see what works. That's, you know, it's not 1974. That's not how this works anymore. So um, I would say it's a fair question at that point, but we got to see how we get there. And I'm not saying, all right, get to 50 games. If you're still not in first place, then fire the manager. Not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying when you get to that point and you have a manager who's in the last year of his contract, it's a fair question to begin asking. The general manager is a different matter. He's signed through next season. And just like manager, this is not just a general manager's call. It's an ownership call, okay? Firing a manager is not solely the general manager's thing. It's an ownership call too. And again, there is no reason to believe that there is any any sort of disconnect between Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone and Hal Steinbrenner, Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman. Okay, then none of them are pleased with the results. That much we know. But as far as a disconnect between who's running what and who's responsible for what and what's happening, I don't think that that's happening. Again, to my knowledge, that is not the case. That's usually what gets people fired in situations like this. So now back to the general manager. He's signed for another year after this. Um, and throughout his entire term as the, as the general partner and the man running the show here, Hal Steinbrenner has not shown any inclination to be in disagreement with Brian Cashman over the way things are run. And I'll come back to this again, the same thing I brought to you with the manager. If you think you're going to fire the general manager, who are you going to get to replace him? And in this day and age, the person who replaces him is also someone who's going to be steeped in analytics and someone who is going to be part of a collaborative process. Um, this is, this is not, again, it's not 20, 30, 40 years ago. 
And the type of people that you would have hired then are not the type of people you hire now. And the analytic revolution is not going away. Um, there are ways you can measure using half, you know, using both. You know, you got to use the old-fashioned way, talk to your scouts, talk to baseball people, and use the data, put them together. Um, some teams lean more heavily to the numbers. The Yankees seem to have leaned that way for a while. Um, but I don't think you're ever going to bring in a GM that throws away the analytic side of this altogether. And a big part of this is that this is how the Yankees were being beaten. You know, if you go back into the 2000s and you think about it, if you ever read, you know, the Yankee years, Joe Torre and Tom Verducci's book, a lot of what happened back then was teams were figuring out, using the old money ball techniques, figuring out how to be better than the Yankees or just beat them even though they have a fraction of their payroll. And that's a game that's kind of still going on. So uh, the analytic revolution took over even the big market teams happening all over baseball. You know, the Dodgers are, are, you know, they have a high payroll and they have star players, but they're also, believe me, they are very, very deep into analytic data. So uh, you're not going away from that. So for the fans who think you're going to fire the manager, bring in an old-fashioned fire and brimstone guy, and you're going to fire the general manager and bring in a guy who throws away the analytics, that stuff's not happening. Um, again, not to say that you can't reach a point where changes have to be made, but I think on April 19th at 5 and 10, probably none of those changes are happening now. Some of them could happen sooner than others, but you just kind of have to wait to see how this plays out a little bit longer and you see if they can dig this out. Because the biggest thing for the Yankees going into the season was going to be, are their players healthy? For the lineup, for the, for the most part, their lineup has been healthy. So they are going to uh, keep rolling players out there and hope that the back of the baseball card holds up. Aaron Judge has to hit at some point. Glaber Torres has to hit at some point. Those two specifically, those are, you know, those are really good players that you think are going to hit. And you know, 40 or 50 at bats shouldn't change your opinion of that. DJ LeMayhew will get going again at some point. If you look at some of the rockets he hit last week, you think he's pretty close. Almost hit a ball out on Sunday in the seventh inning that uh, might have really turned this whole narrative around and talking about maybe a turning point of the season. Turned out to be a fly out to the warning track. Um, and the Yankees lost again. We'll see. The unfortunate part for the Yankees is they can't pitch Garrett Cole for another five days. Um, he is as advertised. He was thoroughly dominant on Sunday. Uh, gave up three straight singles in the third inning. A little botched defense uh, hurt him there. And then didn't give up another hit until the seventh inning. This guy's mowing people down. And he is as advertised. And the biggest worry the Yankees can have is wasting what is clearly his best, the best part of his nine-year contract is right now. It's not going to get better. It'll eventually get worse. But this is prime time. Why you signed him, Garrett Cole, and you can't keep wasting those. And you need some support behind him. And we'll see if Kluber and Tyone can begin to turn their corners as they start the two games against the Braves that begin Tuesday night. 
want to thank you for listening here. Remember to subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders on your podcast platforms at Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. Subscribe and you'll get Ed Coleman's Mets reports and my Yankees reports delivered to you. I come to you twice a week, every Monday and Thursday, and you'll also hear me on WFAN. Check out WFAN.com and you can follow me on Twitter at YankeesWFAN. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.